Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I'm Trevin Stoltzfus, and uh, I'm excited here. I'm sitting with a bunch of bad mamma jammas right here. I've got Jake Shaw from Mountain Ops looking over at Sloan Brown with Yeti. Dustin Etheridge, of course, OO. We've got uh, Garrett, who's not on the podcast, but he is making sure everything electronic is working. we got Lane Walter. How you doing, buddy? Ten for fire. Ten for fire. There you go. Uh-oh. And and uh, Adam Wells. And uh, this is really a continuation. We kind of got off the last pad- podcast pretty quick, didn't we, Adam? Well, we got this text message saying we got the buck. He's down and needed help getting pictures. And, yeah. You know. This is pretty exciting, though. I mean, if, if you're going to get a text. That's a good reason. To that's a really quick, right? awesome reason. So. Lane, Dustin, did you guys need help getting photos? No, I think oh, they're fine. I don't think so either. So Sloan, just kidding. <laughs> let's start. Let's start from yesterday morning, okay? Um, well, first of all, let's even take a step back. Introduce yourself, um, and and you know, kind of give a little history, and uh, and then let's talk about yesterday morning uh, when we saw said buck for the first time. So I'm Sloan Brown. Uh, I'm the hunting specialist at Yeti. Um, it's the coolest job in the world, coolest brand in the world. Um, and Trev, when did you invite me on this hunt? It was like July, well, I think maybe. It, but it was like pretty June. close to after you you started with Yeti. Yeah, and yeah. I and I had seen last year's the film you guys did on the hunt last year, um, and I was like. God, it looks like fun. Like, just awesome terrain. Like, the the camaraderie and, like, the back-and-forth banter and the amount of deer and the stalks you can put on. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm coming on this hunt. Um, now, so, you know I invited Mac, uh, Ben Masters. No, no. Uh, ben, ben O'Brien. Ma- ben O'Brien, sorry. Well, you and I were talking about Ben Masters. Yeah. Um, but he, and he was really interested but then, you know, he had all his stuff going on yeah. with Meat Eater and moving from Yeti to Meat Eater and all that stuff. And so um, it actually worked out perfect. Ben, I love you. I don't think but, Ben could have made that shot today. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Benny. I miss you. Come back. Come back and be my boss, Ben. Well, <laughs> he's moved on, and he's doing great, so we're excited for him. Yeah. But I will say this, that I was really excited when you were as excited because— um, I knew this was the perfect type of hunt uh, because, like you said, it's a target-rich environment. But it's also not so uh, – it's not such a high level of physicality that you're just perfect worn out. Me. Yeah. Well – Sitting on my biscuit, never having to risk it. <laughs> but you can come to camp. You can. You, we can have this camaraderie. And the neat thing about this is how many of guys were, were on the stock today with you? Three. Yeah, well, three. two other guys. Yeah. Three of us total. I mean, and, and the ability to go in and get up close and personal with that many people, spot and stock, it's, it's pretty cool. It was awesome. So we spotted this buck on the first morning. He was on the on the wheat field. Um, and he was with uh, two other good bucks and a bunch of does. Um, and he fed off the field, and we tried to, like, circle back around and relocate him, and we never found him. Um, but Adam, you spotted him. Maybe not. Did you spot him? No, it was Jake. Jake? I think Jake, Jake spotted him. Yeah. 
I saw those and we kind of went over that a little bit. Yeah, on uh, the first podcast. That yeah. he was with those bucks that Jake stalked in on. Yep. Yeah. But you but but you didn't know he was there. Me? Yeah. You didn't know that big I, buck was there. I knew there. he was with them. I just couldn't see him. So oh, the, I got you. the two got that you. were bedded out in the open, I okay. could see. And I knew that other one was somewhere. I actually didn't know that it was the big one that I couldn't see. Like I was trying to decide which of the two that I could see was the big one because they both looked big to me. Yeah. <laughs> right. But uh, once once I shot and, and hit, that big boy stepped out and I was like, oh my gosh, that's like a total, that is a different class deer. I mean, yeah, I saw I watched that video. It's crazy. Yeah, it was sweet. So anyways, we we saw him again this morning. Um and he kind of fed across the field and the field's kind of got a little hump in the middle of it. So we lost sight of him when he crossed over that hump. But Adam was on the different side of the property and could see him feed through. Why didn't you go after him? Uh because I was going to go help That's Jake right. uh look for that once we got permission to go onto the neighbor's property for that buck right. that he hit yesterday, I wanted to go and help him. And want to make sure you guys got a good hunt in. You're a good man. Thank you. We did. Um, so he was able to kind of tell us which, you know, where he dropped off, which kind of little coolie he dropped into. And we saw um, one other buck. Or was it two other two two does and one other buck go into the same coolie that we thought he was in? Um, so we kind of snuck around, tried to get some different angles. Still couldn't see him, and so we made a game plan to kind of sneak around a, a coolie that paralleled the one that we thought he was in. And so we get around, and thank God Lane was leading, leading the charge because we we just started up the very first pitch, and the buck I ended up shooting shook his head and Lane Lane saw him Lane how far were you from him when when you when you saw him shake his shake his head we ranged that at 116 yards so you guys were pretty pretty close already real close Uh, I think Sloan said we were about 30 seconds from really messing it up right blowing him out (laughs) yeah from blowing him out right yeah had I been leading the charge and the chances that he just shook his head all I saw was a tine. I just saw I just saw his tine move, and I just I reached back and I grabbed them both. I was like, "Stop! He's right there." So it well. was a killer spot. Um, so he was in a spot where we could, the wind was perfect, right in our faces, um, and we kind of made a game plan. Lane decided to go up and around and get a different camera angle. And now, did, now did you back up? From where you were at, we or dropped. did you just stop right oh, yeah, where you were? Take two steps backwards. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And we were right at the base, right at the bottom of the draw. Okay. We sat there and debated for a little bit. Yeah, we we were trying to figure out what would be the best shot angle. If high ground or low ground. Yeah, we did talk about that. Like what the pros and cons to both, and there were a lot of pros and cons to both, really. Yeah, and we I, I asked Dustin because he's done this hunt for what five years, Dustin? Four years? Yeah, four three solid I was like what's worked best in the past going from above or below I was nervous because and Trev can talk about this too but we go high a lot and you can get Dave last year literally on top of a buck he if you looked at the way he was he was not two yards from the buck if you if you you know use the the Pythagorean theorem like a triangle right right triangle right he was but he was also uh, 10, 12 feet above him. Yep. Yeah, and I, I was just nervous that if 
we went to the top side. You know how this country is so misleading that it could be five, ten feet down. And he, in the shadow, he would have cast shadow across it. It would, it was just. There's a lot of factors, yeah. But you kind of like split the distance. Like we, we started low. Yep. And, but you kind of started working your way up. You know where he ended up is right by that yucca that we talked about. Yeah. The the first was, place we said to go. Yeah. Well, yeah. we thought there'd be. I thought there'd be a clear lane down low, but once we got around that first little, that cut, there was another one. Yeah. And then the bush. So, tell, the tell us so the plan was to go in from the bottom of the draw. Okay. And there was a kind of a right angle corner where we could look uphill and we thought we'd be able to get the shot whenever he stood up. So we went up the bottom. Dustin and I went up the bottom of the draw. He was behind me. And we got to the corner where, like, I could start to, like, peek around, but I knew I still wasn't going to be able to see him. So I was like, I'm going to change plans. I'm going to go straight uphill where we can't see him um and he was tucked in between a cedar tree and basically a cliff wall i mean not a cliff i mean it was right it was seven it, feet uh, eight a cut feet. bank yeah but yeah. steep right um and so i slipped my stockasins on um which those things are awesome by i the like way. to call them your ballet shoes my ballet mm-hmm. shoes mm-hmm. they've been called baby shoes ballet shoes okay well i've been called a poser a hipster hunter because of them but anyway it's they work hey they're yeah. not five fingers like mine that's the real hipster shoe yeah but it's not fair hunter. because i had to go in socks and i can't walk across carpet barefoot without <laughs> falling over i offered you my five fingers and you said they'd feel weird between your toes so i'll just throw that out there so, it's like football with socks it really wasn't that bad like Yes, yeah, so we got up there, and, and I just kind of was, we had enough wind. I don't know. It probably wasn't too strong. It was probably 12, 15 miles an hour, but, but enough but to, enough cover, to cover your yeah. yeah. But I noticed, like, we were on the same page that you'd feel that gust, and I'd look and up, I'd and you'd start moving, I'd yep. start moving, and then, but you told me, you're like, just stay back. Of course, I, I think I crept up a lot farther than you, you where you told yeah, me. That you were so far well. back, I almost texted him when he was getting close. I was like, hey, you're so close have Dusty come up with you and then I deleted the text message because I don't want to have that be the reason it got blown so I just deleted that completely but I had it typed out ready to send because he was on his phone I was the whole time not snapchatting but Instagram you were insta-storing this whole thing right yeah as you're going who does that he was freaking me out (laughs) I was these guys were wigged yeah it was risky but you know what I I knew we had no idea you were there Yeah, that's the best part. When you were doing that, he had no idea you were there, which is also why I almost texted you, "Hey, have Dusty move up." It worked out. But so, yeah. Lane, uh, how far back? How far did you set up for the secondary? Angle? Exactly one hundred yards. Okay. Because I backed off and then I came up over a lip and I hid behind a yucca, and I was just perfectly behind that yucca plant. I belly crawled up to it, set up my camera on the tripod, and. 100 yards away just watching the whole okay. thing go down. Okay. And I had a different angle, so I could see the butt completely, and I could see the doe that was with him completely. And we didn't know there was a doe going yeah, in until I texted Yeah, and they didn't know you. there was a doe until I texted him, hey, there's a doe right above him. No one communicates You're me. good. I didn't know there you was You were a... in that group text. You were in, in the group text, text bro. Wait a minute. Let Turn me just your phone on. No, <laughs> he's safe. got Sprint. That thing, did, Sprint doesn't work anywhere we go. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> Dustin's always like, hey, can I borrow your phone? I didn't phone? know there was a doe until she ran out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so I just like kept sneaking up. Like I was like 17 yards and I was like thinking to myself, I can't believe I'm this close. That's the closest I've ever been to a living, breathing deer, I think. At least a mule deer on a stalking so cool. situation. While you're Instagramming, 
Well, yeah. it's the stories. <laughs> it's the story. It yeah. was, yeah. My bad. Content is king, you know. So Gotta keep the people happy. So what are you thinking at 17 yards? Are you thinking, okay, I'm there. I'm good enough. No, or, no, because I, he was in such a steep little embankment. I was like, there's no way. Like, even if he stood up right now, I You I had no shot. shot. So you, you know you've got to get higher. I had to get higher. So I kept going uphill. And as I was going uphill, I was getting closer and closer. And I was ranging the tree that I knew he was tucked up against. Um, and I was at six yards, seven yards. Um, yeah, we're sitting here around a campfire. And so I'm and, sitting. And, uh, apparently I'm the one causing the draft. Right smoke now. follows beauty. Yeah. Follow and and he, Adam, Adam's, Adam keeps moving and the smoke keeps following him. Okay. Sorry, no, Lane. So I mean, Sloan. He was, at, I had him at seven yards to the tree. So meaning he was probably five and a half yards from me. Um, and I was like, man, I was thinking to myself, Am I just going to stand here until he stands up? That could be hours. And I said before this hunt started, this hunt is going to test my patience. I'm not a very patient hunter. Like, if there's one thing I can improve on, it's patience. And so I was standing there the whole time, and Lane and I are kind of texting back and forth, and Lane's like, throw a rock. Get him to stand up. And and I, I just want to jump in here again and remind people that it is totally legal to communicate via radios in Nebraska and totally legal to text back and forth as long as you're not in a vehicle because yep. we're going to get emails on this i'm sure and we check the regs if you read the regs the regs say you may not text or uh, uh electronically communicate. communicate with anyone from a vehicle either a snowmobile airplane anything like that mm-hmm. so we were how far were you from the you know I was a hundred yards from. I could have blown the stock just as easily as. Well, no, I mean, but how far from the vehicle? From the vehicle? Oh, you guys were uh, half miles. Two miles. miles. Oh, really? We were in that back cut. I mean, we were in the middle of the property. Okay. So I, 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 just to get all the legalities out of it, everything was legal. Okay. We should probably sidebar that conversation because it it is an interesting conversation, like how technology has changed. Right. Right. And so you're communicating with each other, um, and it could have been. Which we could have done. You could done with flags. We were so close. We could have done it with hand signals, almost just as easily by look not even looking through binos we were so close i could have to- i could have told him hey right there right. like but it was just easier to pull out the phone and text yeah. that would have been we nice because with me and no service i looked back at lane multiple times <laughs> trying to get a cue from him i finally got your attention sloan and you i'm like did the like the, do you see him yeah. with my hands and he's like yeah he's right there i'm like that that's the first time and you were like 20 minutes into that and i'm yeah. like i didn't know if you even had eyes on him so can you see the top of his antlers when the whole i got time? to seven yards okay i could see the top of his antlers finally finally wow and just his left side and it was probably only four inches of his antlers um is he shaking his head the whole time no, or no he, he wasn't whenever i was that close he didn't at all was he pretty much was his head, was his head on the ground or was he it was still his head on the ground okay. most of the time okay and what we what we figured from my angle when he had his head on the ground we couldn't see him at all but when he'd pick his head up and shake it that's when we could see his tines gotcha yeah okay so all right so you're in this quandary seven what do yards. i do here i'm seven yards i have no shot and you're standing. You're not mm, on your knees. I was knees. standing, and I was watching my shadow because my shadow was going into the coulee he was in, but he couldn't see it. Okay. But I was paying attention to that. Right. Uh, the wind was perfect, right into my face. And Lane says, throw a rock. And so and I'm like... normally, I don't, like, interject, especially as a cameraman. I, I'm normally not putting that in there, but I want this hunt to help. And I've seen five stocks get just screwed up within the five yard range because you get too close and you can't make it happen so 
in my mind, I'm watching the stock go down the exact same way it's happened with Trev and Dave, Dave before, yeah. and Adam. Adam and I walked up on those bucks that one time. So I'm just, it's going through my mind. Like, I've been here before. This has happened the past three years, and every single time he gets screwed up, that buck needs to stand up before he gets to that edge. And that's why I was like, I'm sending this text message throw a rock get him to stand up well so but there was one problem with that sloan <laughs> yeah so i'm like all right i'm gonna do that and i'm looking around and i'm trying not to step around because i'm in like dry grass and anytime i step it makes a noise and i'm seven yards from this thing there's no rocks around and i'm like yeah, we're not Damn. In the rocky mountains no we're not we're not in the rocky we're not in the rockies so i find a little patch of dirt and it's like luckily it had snowed a couple of days ago so that it was wet enough to like ball up in my hand so i grab it with my right hand he's making I'm, mud I'm right handed yeah making little mud pies grab it with my right hand i've got my bow in my hand mind you somehow transfer it to my left hand ball it up with my left hand clip in to my bow with my right hand because i know like if i toss it i've got to be like clipping in as a process you know right and I knew it was going to have to be a fast shot. So I think I missed twice. Didn't throw it far enough. And so you're landing move. short. Landing short, yeah. Yeah, you don't want to land short when you're yeah, when I, I And I'm sitting there watching this through my binos, long. and I'm thinking, don't throw it on top of him. Throw it past him. But I guess it was it was light. It wasn't. Yeah, it was like <laughs> I'm sand, sitting there watching, like, just covering my eyes. So you're buck. throwing sand at this friggin' buck. <laughs> yeah. And you're landing short. So cut. how many times did it take till you finally got? I think three, but Lance like, says four or five. I, I'm thinking like six. Well, okay, two of them were like little, <laughs> the like first I thing ripped you, grass out of the ground. The first thing you threw was like bark, and yeah. I saw it like float with the wind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was just your wind checker. You were just yeah. making sure yeah. the wind was fine. Yeah. And that, the first one you threw, you did, you threw with your right hand. I did, And yeah. I was like, oh, boy. And, I, and that's when I learned, I'm like, I can't get back on my release fast yeah, you enough. were trying real quick yeah. when you did that. Oh. So, finally, I tossed it past him, and I saw his antlers move, and so I went to full draw. Like, immediately after I tossed it, boom, toss, and then full draw. And he stood up, and I think he saw me, like, out of his peripheral, and he took a step forward, and I was like, he's going. And I just, like, I'm shooting a bow that I haven't shot a lot so i'm not super comfortable like getting it to anchor point and everything but i got it and i remember thinking oh man my my aperture side aperture is not even in my peep and i like had to make a quick adjustment and then just all my pins on him let her rip um and he was quarter away really hard and so i i knew i had to hit him back and i hit him back and i was afraid right after the shot i was afraid it was too far back but he was angled pretty hard it was perfect. It was, when we, when we looked at him, it, it was like you nicked the heart. Literally, did, yeah. literally perfect because it came out the opposite side in the front. Right at the bottom no, right, of the sternum. Yeah. Right. right at the bottom of the sternum. That's um, perfect. He took off down that, that coolie and ran. I thought he was going to run Dustin over. Dude, I was <laughs> zoomed in. Like the footage is sweet. And I, you know, the, it gets shaky because I had an oh shit moment <laughs> that I thought he was going to come right over the hill on me he yeah he barreled right <laughs> past, and he mule kicked so hard I, he almost endowed yeah because he kicked so hard and that's usually a good good hit. that's usually a good sign yeah when he ran by me and i took my eyes off the camera and i just remember seeing just the very end of your fletching and i'm like yep the black that is freaking all like through all the way in him yeah that's when i i saw that too and i was like i mean that's buried in the angle looks right like it's in the vitals good and so is that when you texted us I I think you texted and we were actually I well, think he, doing the podcast. He probably texted you after he did 
his yeah, Insta story. Insta story at first. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, I took a picture of him through my binos as he was on the ridge, about to crest the ridge to where we couldn't see him. Yeah. And he was hunched at that point. He didn't look good, and he wasn't moving good. And I thought he was going to tip over there, but he kept going. And so Lane runs over. I walk down to Dustin. We kind of recap the shot, talk about how it was hit, and we all kind of agreed it was a, it was a good hit. Yeah. Um, and so I'm in well, my Well, I remember when, I, when we were we were actually doing the podcast with Jake and Adam, and I got the text – I hit a buck, haven't recovered him yet. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. And um, uh, and so, well, of course, we're excited. Um, and then, ha- so then you guys regroup. We regroup. Lane. Lane takes off to go well, glass because we had, knew. Yeah, I had all my stuff with me. And yeah. they, they were barefoot. Oh, he had his, his sneaky moccasin things on. I had socks. I dropped he, every bit of Dustin everything out of my everything. pockets. It was just everything. him with his socks on and so i said hey that buck was sick but if he gets over that ridge he's not gonna bleed i gotta go get eyes on him yeah we knew we knew there wasn't because there was from our angle there was only like it only went in the arrow didn't go out right so you yeah it was through like where it entered it was all guts well heck you didn't know he was even hit until you saw i wasn't sure like when i saw the buck he was panting and I knew from the run he did, he shouldn't have been panting and walking the way he was. And I got binos on him, and I saw a patch on his far back. I couldn't tell how angled the shot right. was from my, from me looking through the binos. So I was like, man, you hit him far back. And we talked about the angle and decided it was a good shot. But I just looked at him and was like, hey, I'm going to go get eyes on this buck and see where he goes if he's still moving. You guys get your stuff together and come over. So, so Lane, Lane set takes up on off. the hill. So I just bolted. He's, dirt. He's gone. Like, See you guys. Yeah. And we crest over a hill and glass a little bit, and then we see Lane across from us. And he gives me one of those, like, throws his hands up, like, well, I don't know. And we're like, damn. <laughs> damn it. And he walks across, and we meet up with him, and he goes, dude, that's a lot of country. And I'm like, I look over, and I'm like, that is a lot of country. This is going to be tough. He goes, good thing he's right there. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that, is the, that is so mean, Lane. <laughs> yeah, I said, good thing he's dead right there. <laughs> but That is so I, mean. So I, I came over that ridge, and the first thing that went through my mind was, this is a lot of country, and I don't see this buck anywhere. And so I'd take a step, and I glassed. And I'd take a step, and I'd glass, and I'd take two steps, and I'd glass, and I just kept getting different angles, getting different angles. And I got halfway up that ridge before I was glassing and scanning, and I was like, that yucca looks different. And I went back to it, and I'm looking, and I was like, that could be a body. And then I'm just, I had to look at it for about a minute before I could pick the tines out through uh, the glass, or yeah. through the grass. And I was like, all right, there he is. And how far were and, you when you saw him? Uh, it's probably 150 okay. yards, okay. like yeah. across the ridge. Okay. Uh, and it's deep grass, and I'm sitting there, and I'm glassing. So I pull my binos down right away, and I do this little dance. I'm like, yes, we got him. <laughs> and I was like, oh, shoot, where is he? And it took me another minute to find him again because I didn't landmark him before I he pulled the binos down. Well, from where we last saw another him, Another 50 went, yards around the corner? Yeah, yeah, 50 more yards. So total, he probably ran, what do you think, four, 400, three, 400 yards? Yeah. yeah, I'd say 400. 400 yards. Yeah, yeah. it was a good good chunk and quick pretty quick too i think and but he it was his death run right i mean because he was he was he was drt when you i mean right when you saw him he was already expired i saw him he was done okay uh and it hadn't been more than 
more than 20 minutes from yeah. the shop. Probably 15. Last yeah. time we saw him, he was I, so I looked, looked it, it over there. You were like, well, I was like, how long has it been since the shot? And you're like, well, your Instagram story says 17 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, turns out, suckers, Instagram it story paid out. off. Yeah. So, I got the dance out of the way, um, just marked in my mind where he was, and then uh, I was just glassing him and making sure that he wasn't moving, and then they came over, and that's so when I was like, well, I can't just let him know he's dead right there. Yeah, you got to play like, with uh, him. I've done that plenty of times. Because <laughs> there is, if you've ever arrowed an animal and seen him run off out of distance... It's just heart-wrenching oh, to think, is. oh, man, am I going to find this? It, the the most satisfying thing is airing an animal and watch it go down in front of you. To me, oh. that is one of the most satisfying things you can ever do. It's like that what? You, you know, you clean, you killed it cleanly, ethically, yeah. quickly, <laughs> and there's no recovery, right. no tracking right. process. But when you start tracking, that's when it's you got that. That hole in yeah. the pit of your stomach yeah. of just like, yeah. am I going to find this animal? And I, I think it was a good shot. It seemed like a good shot. But I'm gonna, so I had to play with him a little bit. No, it's, well, I will say that's the most comfortable kill shot I've ever filmed in my life. Well, why do you? Why do you? Belly. Well, slow him first. We're, so you were on your belly. So we come to, yeah. to yeah. kind of help visualize this, and you guys can help. When I'm coming around the corner, Sloan, we have a couple of these fingers coming off in front of us, coming from the high to low, and there's two of them before the bush. And I'm on the low side. We're, we're in the bottom zone. Sloan, I told him beforehand. I said, hey, you call me off. Tell me to hold back whenever you want. I'm not going to screw this up. Because we had a second angle. Yeah. yeah. And, and he looks back at me and goes, why don't you just hang here? I said, okay. Let him get about 15 yards ahead of me. And then I kept going up <laughs> with him. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> and Trevin knows this. And I, if it was Trevin, he could have told me to stay there. I would have been behind him the whole time. <laughs> but... I'm not going to do that to you. And so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if there. it was me, it would have been the two of us. But, and I probably still, where you were standing, Sloan, as short as I am, probably couldn't even seen the his tines yet. It would have been yeah. Dustin telling you. It would have been Dustin are. saying, he's right there. Yeah. So, this little, it, it's dropping off, this little finger drops off. And, you know, I move up maybe five, ten yards from where he told me to stop. And he's getting high ground. And I know I need to get a little higher or there's, I'm not going to see anything. And so I see this little perfect little perch, and I just crawl up there and lay on my belly, put my elbows in the sand, and just hold the camera, and just sit there until it happened. But knowing what you saw, and then we talked about this afterwards, like if I knew that you had him right there, I would have. It yeah, would have been up. hard for me not. Like I said, to I almost texted him and told him, "Hey, bring Dusty up with as easy of a stock as that is." It wasn't easy, but like as it was quickly as he got up there and as perfect as it was i should say not yeah. easy as perfect yeah. as it was i almost texted you and said hey get him up there bro. Kind of, well it's remember last year or no it was two years ago when i got on that buck that was on the cut bank remember yep. when i was hunting with the recurve that year yep. and you were across filming yep. and i got four yards from that buck again it's kind of like you talking but he was down in this cut bank but we didn't have a stitch of wind and so i stepped on a little and we were in our socks and i stepped on that dry grass that's all it took, and he. It wasn't no stand up and look around. Yeah. He, didn't he, give, was, he didn't give us the mule deer stop look. He, he just was kept, gone. I was, I was so ready on look. this one to start buying across the canyon. Right. As I yeah. was gonna go, bah, bah, I was ready I, as I soon as he started running. As, I was ready to stand up and have him look at me and maybe give you a second. Dude, I thought I was gonna blow it when I coughed. Oh, really? you I coughed? Heard it, dude, yeah, I heard coughed. it across the canyon. Dude, yeah. I was suffocating myself. 
was, I was crying because I was holding back coughs. Yeah. If when you hear play back the footage, you're gonna hear like this gargling, dying well or something. Because like I have so much stuff, I'm trying. My body's trying to get out. And, just, I, and I kept packing it down. And you know when your body probably just you don't yeah. even know it's coming. Yep. And I'm sitting just there filming. Involuntary. I'm like, and I just go, <coughs> and I see Sloan like I'm through my viewfinder, and I just see Sloan look at me. I'm like. My bad. <laughs> so, so just to, here's a little rabbit trail, but Dustin and I have the crud. And matter of fact, I was in bed last night at what, 830? Yeah, and I slept on. till 1030 this morning because I was sick as a dog. And I feel a lot better now. But um, unfortunately, Jake's my, my roomie and he's probably going to take it back to Utah. Mm, Hopefully so not. Sad. Hopefully not. You feeling okay? Me? Yeah. I feel okay. It'll yeah. just hit you in your 12-hour trip home. <laughs> that would suck. No. But uh, so we've kind of got a case of the little case of the crud. So you actually coughed, dude. Was, and how close were you, Sloan, when he's coughing? Lane said I he was heard it. seven. I was at seven yards then, and Dustin was at probably fifteen. F- and he didn't think, get yeah. up. No. Nope. It was windy. I thought we didn't even pin our ears, man. Thought, so the wind saved you. The wind, the wind saved, saved you. Us, yeah. Yeah. Well, I told myself, I'm like, if I need to, I'm literally gonna just push my face in the sand as far as I can and just let it out. But it just came out <laughs> on its own. And then it felt it. <laughs> and Ad, you know, Adam, Adam and, and I, we have been in some inter- <laughs> eastern Colorado and stuff like that. We have done a lot of spot and stock. And that wind is your best friend when you get into that close proximity. Um, you know, and it, as number long one, as you're not it, blowing your bow around. Well, well yeah, that's there, when it's your enemy. Yeah, yeah. but it, it's there's that that ten to fifteen mile an hour wind is just perfect. Uh, but even in, like with Dave last year with the, he 30, 35 mile per hour wind, he could have. We are convinced him. he could have reached up and grabbed his antler. There was enough wind. Dave could have got down to him and grabbed him. Right, and and he shot him at eight yards, bedded. Head on the ground. Which, by the way, before this Dave. stock started, we said that he had to beat Dave. And he did. And so he had to do seven, and Sloan went a step further and went six yards. So, yeah. high five. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, what an exciting freaking uh, day. I mean, this, I've never experienced anything like that. This Nebraska, western Nebraska spot and stock. I mean, it's some of the my most favorite. The terrain is so conducive for... Like there's so many nooks and crannies for them to hide in. There's the, the deer numbers are there. It, it's easy terrain to to move around in, as long as you can find them. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that's that's the, the, that's the, the hardest part, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, the and that's the, the yeah. yeah, for sure. And and that's the that's the issue with that stock. Adam, me and you did like three years ago. We got oh yeah he when blew, you he blew out, but it took us like an hour and a half belly crawling to the oh that giant. Giant deer. That big deer. Yeah. yeah. That was that so was, much fun. I still have nightmares about that. God. And that was one of those things, too. We're just, like, on a walkabout, and you spotted him like eagle-eyed you are. And Dude, you do <laughs> have a set of eagle eyes on you. What's your vision? I don't know. I have 2010. It's, it's better than your hearing, check. that's for sure. Yeah, my hearing's not good at all. <laughs> I am right there <laughs> with you, pal. I've been gone since I was a teenager in the Marines. <laughs> but, no, that was, that was a good one, too. We've had some... I th- I think that, th- that you know, this is the type of hunt, I've, I said it before, that, that lends itself to, you know, it's for us, it's right between a lot of the more physical hunts, uh, uh, you know, whether it be mule deer and elk, you know, and you're, you're really 
gaining and losing elevation and you, you know covering some country you come into this and then then it leads us into the whitetail which whitetail uh, i'm not knocking whitetail as far as physicality because the emotional and the mental aspect well, of whitetail yeah. White yeah. yeah i tell you what though it's it's just, that's a physical challenge in its own yeah. right it's yeah. the best way to come off of a tough western season though is to go crawl into a tree stand and watch the world come alive and oh. just sit there I I, th- there's a point too. where i i literally toward the end of elk season and, and coming in i'm i'm i welcome that change now oh, i do have to flip a switch in my mind because it's not okay let's go over this next ridge let's you yeah. know cover more country let's glass more you literally have to get now the winds your biggest tell to what stands you're going to sit you know all of these things and and you know they're here they're you know that bucks within maybe a half mile of you there's so many things that you cannot control i've I've never made that metamorphosis (laughs) as a hunter i just you have a hard time with that i have a bad hard time saying metamorphosis and i have a hard time (laughs) um, you said it great that time transforming yeah it was the second time it was charm apparently i have a hard time just i getting in the tree stand i'll either fall asleep or read a book and i just the whole time i'm wishing that i was not without on a mountainside hiking and just pushing my body past that physical uh, you know, standpoint. I, I, of, I, I, I agree and I and I and I I disagree. I, I, I mean I understand <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but I've come to a point where I just I really relish that quiet time, that quiet stillness that, because the morning hunts when oh, you're when I you're there an hour before landscape and seeing yeah. everything come alive around you. The quietness drives me crazy. Oh, it's the best though, man! Watching the world wake up and like you're there for it all, and every, it, it's a freaking squirrel. It's, 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 it's all the same type of hunting from what it's we're doing here: spot and stalk. Mm-hmm. Spot and stalk. You you're sneaking into their world, and. You know, whitetail hunting or just ambush hunting in general, you're waiting for them to come into your world, and uh, it's yeah. just it's 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 completely different, but it's both equally exciting. Just being close to a mature animal is is exciting in its own right, even if you can't get a shot or something. When goes they have wrong, no idea you're there, does. it's just love getting in close. Yeah, and for for me, a lot of it has to do with the summer work and and the moving of stands and and the i would plus it I mean, yeah. white tails a year-round obsession is. with me yeah. you know elk season well for me it's like i'm doing a lot of habitat work and stuff for elk as well so my elk season goes from july through october and uh whitetail season is absolutely year-round yeah yeah. So, Sloan, you're from the Panhandle. You got the ranch in the Panhandle, and you have some deer there. And, mm-hmm. and compare it and contrast this country to some because you've got some draws and you've got yeah. some of that country where you're from too. But it's a little it's a little different. If you look at it on a map from where we're at, we are due south of here, like straight south, six and a half hour drive. Um, so you don't have the, like the deep cuts like like you do up here in nebraska but uh it's rolling rolling sand hills um there's river bottoms and stuff like that we don't have we don't have many trees there um about the same number of trees as here but that's our biggest deal is like if you want to hunt them traditionally like a whitetail at at my family's ranch in texas like basically we'll go around and like okay there's a tree and you go and look at the tree and you're like okay there's a travel lane here yes we can hang a stand here it makes sense 
or you have to create a food plot and, and stuff doesn't grow very well down there. Um, I would really, I'm really wanting to get into the, uh, like the decoy and spot and stuff mm-hmm. white tails mm-hmm. the timing's just got to be so perfect it there. does it does and we, we we have done that a lot in eastern colorado and, and we were typically out there kind of later yeah like december like, like, like so you're getting a post rut yeah like lockdown phase or secondary rut like secondary like even after lockdown like uh, we're talking late november after thanksgiving to first week of, no- of yeah, december between thanksgiving and christmas mm-hmm. we t- traditionally yeah. made our hunt after and we, all the corn is knocked down and after uh, all the fields cor- are and, and just, we literally post rifle season you know but those deer have been hunted hard by the time we were out there but we would we would decoy bucks in from as far as half mile away are you guys rattling them or no Literally, we, what decoy. we would do is we'd take a uh, white-tail decoy, a, a, a buck, buck and, a doe. and then we'd take a doe, and we'd have the doe out front like the buck is trailing the doe, mm-hmm. and we'd just move, mm-hmm. kind of parallel the deer. Pretty soon the deer is, uh, of course... walk on, they would come. Yeah, they would come straight to us. We had, I don't know how many... Uh, how many groups of whitetail where we I killed one off of that. Yeah, the year before um, I came along. Yeah, the year before you came. What are you yeah. using a little t- 2D, 2D, like Montana yeah, decoys? Yeah, yeah, the little 2D, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but but uh, the funny thing is there's four of us, right? Mm-hmm. You're like, there's no way you're going to get onto open country whitetail. You know, again, we're in a, a cut cornfield. Are you guys are we filming this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh, shit. So what we do is we would have one guy holding the doe decoy the shooter would be with him so you have two behind that uh-huh. and you start moving then you have your cameraman and then another guy holding the buck decoy and the camera is with the buck decoy and we would literally just move them like this and one would stop and the other would move and then you'd catch just like natural just deer try to move it just move in like deer would move yeah not and march in like a person are, just move are like you going like at them or kind of kind of like, angled it a little bit of an angle just a slight angle not with, directly with the, at Using the, the wind, angle. so they can't get your wind. Um, and you try to pick the if you can see which way the deer were naturally wanting to head. Yeah. You know, just kind of pick an angle where you'd meet in the middle. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, what we would find is a doe would boop, and then here comes that doe. I don't know if it's out of curiosity or whatever. And then the buck that was with them that was literally tending these does. Yeah. Is like what enough? We had both mule deer and whitetails yeah. come into the decoys. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so uh, I think that might be something you could try. Yeah, I'm and going the beauty to. of a Montana decoy is it's big enough versus something that's a little smaller, like yeah. uh, uh, just just the head of a decoy. Yeah, have you seen those heads up? Uh huh. People have a lot of success with those too. But but uh, you can get it's much more concealment. Back. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I killed that buck um, there uh, in Platteville last year. I was by myself. I was actually, <laughs> I was actually hanging trail cams to hunt there, and there was a doe uh, pinned down by a, a buck, and I had my bow with me. I had my license, and I had a decoy, and I was in work clothes, and I literally, uh, you know, oh, I, yeah, I remember seeing. The I, I literally, I, I think I had Carhartts on a, and that a, was a sick mule deer, wasn't it? Yeah. Yep. And I just popped up uh, that whitetail decoy, and I literally walked down the road at an angle because they were kind of in some brush, and the doe stood up, the buck stood up, and the buck never looked at me, and so I just kept moving to, to within range, and I stuck it in the ground, and was able to to kind of just go off the rump. And, you know, 45 yards shot that buck. 
Damn. Yeah, out in that area is a ton of sand, so yeah. you're able just to Yeah, you just easily, right, yeah. boop, right there. That's what I was telling you, that me and my dad have had success down in South Texas. Yeah. it's you, You're right, though. You got to hit perfect. And we, Like two years ago, we hit it perfect. And we yeah. just go like openings, put that Montana decoy where it had some type of backdrop, a little calling, a little rattling. It yeah. worked, but we just got lucky that year. It was well, late. and I'm going as far as on my place actually when i'm clearing my shooting lanes i'm leaving little islands of cover where i want the decoy for how the deer will come in and yeah uh, i got three stands set up specifically with in uh, how i'm going to use montana decoy when i'm sitting those stands and yeah. you don't worry about like when you're like so you're setting a decoy and then you're crawling up in a tree stand right so you're not worried about it being 2d versus 3d well that's where i'm leaving cover behind it okay where the deer can gotcha. only see it from one angle gotcha yeah. We did that in Missouri, and you also cut, you also mow in lanes so that yeah. you avoid. Yeah, I'm mowing lanes for my access into the stands, and then the deer will start to use the stand the, the lanes that you mow to for your stands. So then I'm mowing. You're doing that to avoid ground scent. Yes, yeah, ground scent. I've been busted by ground scent way too many times to talk about. So, and a lot of the ground scent isn't so much your boots. Like I'm wearing rubber boots. It's right. what you're brushing up against. I mean, I, I have six foot tall grass all over my place. So it's your armpits hitting grass, yeah. everything. Um, well, if you take a shower more. Well, I do take a shower, <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a high odor person, I'm afraid. Jake, uh, you ever hunted whitetails? I never have. No, I'd love to. But you're saying six feet tall is your grass? Yeah, my Indian grass is six foot tall. So it's like the only way to see him to be in a tree stand? Um, yeah, I mean, it's thick, unless they're out on a food plot. I yeah. mean, and that's where I'm, with, between my grazing rotation, what I'm doing, you know, clearing out some of the invasive trees, the cedars and Russian olives. Um, I'm really working hard to get that grass as tall and thick as possible. Yeah, yeah they love that switchgrass. Still, Are you still playing leaving islands of cedars, you know, leaving little islands and strips. Uh, well, it makes sense, because that's what you're talking about here, like the terrain here you normally don't see whitetail out in the open like the mule deer mm -hmm. you know they typically take the do you ever plant switchgrass for habitat like well, bedding? well the switchgrass when i clear when i clear the trees the switchgrass and indian grass are the two native grasses that are in the mm -hmm. in, in the soil the, those seeds are in the soil bank and that's what comes back naturally yeah i haven't now, when I've done some reclamation projects, I just built a new water control structure for my waterfowl out there. Um, that I'm going to plant some switchgrass, and I'll just do a warm season grass mix, but switchgrass would be one of the predominant grasses in that mix. Do you know anything about, so I am interested in converting my family's ranch into CRP. Yeah, I've, I have about 40 acres of CRP out there. And was my, it was it CRP before you bought it? Uh, yeah, it was. But the CRP is getting really old, and the thatch layer is getting so thick that the grass is it's getting it's choking itself out. Yeah. So I'm working with the NRCS to do some um, mid contract management in our CRP. I'm gonna actually gonna disc that CRP flat this spring, and I'm gonna come back in with like a wildflower mix, a pollinator mix, and uh. Seed that seed in some more 
you know, flower and plants and all like that grass. That well, if you want to hear more about the management <laughs> uh, aspects of like that's we, so cool though. Like if, to if be you understand it, you know, yeah, it could be really beneficial. Yeah, it's private land. Like you can't do that kind of stuff. I guess you could on public land, but like that's that's the importance of private land when you have landowners like yourself that are improving habitat. Right. Like that helps everybody around you. It helps the longevity of, of hunting. You know, well, flown it's on important. Thursday morning, if you want, I need to do a couple chores at my place <laughs> Thursday morning. If you want to come out for a couple hours and, <laughs> and learn all about it, it. he's already out tagged way. out. So he's tagged out. If you, you want to join me for a couple hours, I'm drive back to Austin Thursday. I'd love to show you what I'm doing. I would love to come see it at some point. I I think uh, Adam's place is is such a great example of taking, uh, and we talked about this in an earlier podcast, of taking a neglected property. And that's really what his, you know, what SLR was, Swanson Lake Ranch was, was an old gravel pit and uh, and and to see what he's done to it and it doesn't just benefit the deer it benefits the waterfowl it been i mean exactly. there's so many well, species all the non-game species, yeah well all actually you said birds. that it was originally designed for the waterfowl and you guys bought that place for the waterfowl we bought it for the duck it, hunting and all of the work that you did for the duck hunting actually benefited the deer just as much as the ducks well yeah no it's a. Uh, I could talk for hours about the projects I've done on that place, but if I want Powerball tomorrow, mule deer. that's the place that I would buy. That how is like how big is it? That is my dream. Just shy of eight hundred acres. Sweet. But it is like that place. Like every time I go there, I'm like, you have everything you want. Okay, you want to go shoot some mule deer? Just go north or south a little bit. But other than that, it's like all there. Yeah, it and is. And that's why I want to do CRPs because it's it's good for quail. It's it's good for everything. It's good for quail. It's good deer habitat. It's mm-hmm. good. Well, fat, even yeah, your CRP, you got to manage it. And uh, I mean, there I could talk for a, much longer than what we have time for, and what you can do with your CRP and working with your local conservation districts to uh, in, improve it for the wildlife. But yeah. Um, well, another thing is it pays really well. We're we're leasing the grass out for eight twenty five an acre, and I think we can get triple that for CRP. Well, yeah, the CRP tends to match what the farm rent would be on, really. on a piece of ground. Yeah, hmm. which is good, you know. Well, that's interesting. That's interesting. <laughs> so, Trey's um, <laughs> <laughs> not into it. Well, no, into it. Like, hey, <laughs> you have to so understand. Swanson Lake Ranch anytime. You have to understand that that uh, for Adam. Uh, you know, you get him started talking about this. This is, I mean, this is what That's makes him tick. Yeah, some of you the best the conversation that we had earlier that this was our goal today was to get him talking about this so we could learn <laughs> we some did. stuff. Yeah, I, I, told, I told Flo and these guys, like, some of the best conversations I've had with you, me and you in a bottle of Seagram's at SLR, and I'm just firing off management questions of wildlife and <laughs> whitetail and waterfowl. And it's like I gained so much from those talks. Yeah. I don't know if I remember much, but... Yeah. Well, then, you, then I get one more shot in me and I start talking about fighting bears with a shovel. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, you're, you know, you're into the bottle yeah. when Adam starts talking about fighting bears with a shovel. God, that's, that's yeah. funny. Well, Sloan, so here we are. We're day, is this day two? Two. two. Day two. 
Jake, you had a heck of a day one carrying around the Golden Horseshoe. Apparently, you passed it to Sloan last night. I snuck into the into his into truck. The and, truck. And, yep. Is there yep. any way I can pocket. borrow that for tomorrow? I am because Adam and I are up for tomorrow. I'll and split it in two. We would love to 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 have that that golden horseshoe i think trevin deserves it for being sick yeah up. man i felt so yesterday. bad last night when you were making fire i think this guy this guy needs a shout out because it's amazing tonight? oh yeah tonight we Ooh. had my i don't know if i'd say world famous but at least uh, uh, uh pretty pretty famous, famous. yeah it's basically the only reason i show up <laughs> <laughs> we so i i love to cook as you guys know i mean i i like to to, to, to plan out dinners. I like to make dinners. It's been something I've liked for a long time. Um, and one of my favorite dishes to make is uh, a, a red chili, they call it carne adobada. And so it comes from uh, my roots. Uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a red chili pork mix. And I get this uh, red chili seasoning mix from a a place in Las Cruces, and I order it's it's a powder, but you coat this the the pork with it, and then you cook it, kind of you kind of steam the pork, um, and it's just something that uh, we that's freaking at, delicious. Yeah, it is yeah. it is delicious, but it's something that we like and eat quite a bit on hunts because it, number one it it keeps, and um, and it's just like any type of chili. It's better the next day. It's better the third day. It's better the fourth day. How many days were we in Wyoming this year? Four? Yeah. You I don't think I days. Yeah, you anything. Ate, yeah, that's the only <laughs> thing you... Like breakfast, lunch, dinner, did, had yeah. some type of that. Energy. And it was yeah. still yummy. Yeah. 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 It'll, it'll catch up to you. Though. But I don't break it out unless something dies. And so tonight I had made uh, pre-made some and was able to... Uh, to break it well, out. Thanks, Mom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We thought we were going to break it out last night. Sad deal. It's all right. Yeah. But uh, great, great day. What great memories we make. Yeah. You know? I'll never, I mean, I mean that's, I'll never forget that. <laughs> never. Being five, six yards from a giant buck like that. Yeah. And then having it all come together. And capturing it, you know, two different angles. Yeah. This plane. place. Amazes me Dustin, every year. Thanks for coming. It just gets better. I told Sloan this year. I'm like, earlier. I'm like, I think I may need to retire in Nebraska because like, we just had like, it's just been phenomenal. Nebraska is a kick-ass state, man. Nebraska is a sleeper state in my mind. For yeah, it's got a lot of public land too. It's got a fair amount, a lot of good walk-in access stuff, especially for the the bird hunting. If you get just north of here in Chadron, there's a lot of stuff up there that yeah. I, I've just been shocked at how many how many bucks we've seen here yeah of course not all of them are shooters but there are a lot of what are you animals. talking about just a lot of <laughs> they're all shooters it just all matters how close i can get to we need to come yeah. out here and shoot some of these coyotes and then in oh, three years you know, there's gonna be i'm telling you shooters, what i man. saw i saw the first morning i saw at least six just barely I, sitting down in glass it's fun to just come out and do a coyote hunt that would be planning this already we're gonna come out here you wouldn't even i mean it would take somebody out here year-round shooting them to put a dent in the population i feel yeah. like that's okay we'll try <laughs> i don't yeah. doubt you guys just doing our part Can't get it done. we'll try they're fun yeah well this adventure is not over we've still got two good days two full days and uh still got a lot of deer yeah hopefully we're recording another podcast about your 
one of yeah. you two's hunt yeah. three's yeah. hunts yeah. you know for sure for sure Jake you're going back to kill something right? in the morning yeah uh, I think so yeah and Lane's Lane's got to head back. He's got to he's got to work. Leave tomorrow morning. Uh, I'm gonna hang out for the morning hunt, and I'm gonna leave around noon so I can pick my kids up because my wife's working late, and then I'll be at work on Thursday. So. I've got to get up and get some elk found Friday, so I'm gonna have to take off. Either whenever he goes to bed tomorrow night, I might take off. Um, I gotta get. Whenever we go to bed tomorrow night, you, you yes. might take You have off. to understand, Adam doesn't... He, doesn't he, we were talking about this earlier in a podcast. Adam said, I got the best night's sleep I've had in about a month. I thought you were dead this morning. I woke up. <laughs> these two guys were out of the tent. I'm like, I'm not going to get up till everyone's moving. I just kept looking at you. I'm and glad, I at my so, phone I'm glad somebody like, took me out of the cot. It was like 7 o'clock, and I look up, and Lane and Garrett are gone. I get fully dressed, get out of the tent, and you're still on your back, dead asleep. You look like, I didn't even want to ruin it. it he is like older. You were, we should have checked his pulse. Yeah, he is pretty like, old, isn't he? But Adam goes hard. Hard. Yeah. During this season. Well, pretty much all, all year long. But, so when he gets a chance to sleep, he sleeps hard and fast. But then there's, like, Thursday, you'll get up and you'll drive all the way. Yeah, I, I just need to. I need to stop in at my place, and there's a couple little chores I need to do. Wait, when you say drive all the way, he's uh, gonna be in the well, rocky I'm gonna stop and say hi to my wife on my way through Denver, and then um, getting up to uh, the old ranch I managed, where I'm still, oh, still yeah, doing right. the guiding up there. You said silt. Yeah, the uh, rifle area, right between <laughs> rifle and meat. Wait, so well, where's home nine home hours of driving? No, I don't know. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good answer. I don't know. I mean, my, my time is split between so many places. It's wherever his wife is. I was about to say that, yeah. And she's she's pretty good about following me around. I don't think she'd want to come here. She'd, she'd say this is too much testosterone floating around for her taste. <laughs> yeah. but no, she's pretty good. She'll hang with me at the ranch. She'll go up with me to some of my summer projects. Adam's all comes down the to Belize fishing with me. It's uh. Yeah, let's go down to Belize and talk about habitat. Heck yeah, let's yeah, we should have this conversation down there. Yeah. Well, in Belize, I'm starting a little coral farm off my beach. Lies. So I can start getting some some fish. Are you really? Yeah, I'm starting to get into spear fishing down there. That's freaking awesome. How do you how do you go about doing that? Spear fishing? No, no. coral farm. Starting a coral farm. Oh, dude, researching about. You know who you're talking to here. Wow. Yeah, well, you get a, you get is you get some coral seed. Is that, is that like you, you, food you, plot? You, you drill it in. It's like food plot for fish. It's an underwater drill. <laughs> so so you can drop fish in off my beach. That's my whole goal. So you know when I told you that Adam knows everything about whitetail, elk, mule deer, trout fishing, trout fishing, waterfowl. We're about now to we're adding tarpon to it. Saltwater fisheries has been a passion of mine for a long time. But now I'm getting into spear fishing. I want to get into spear fishing really bad. I can't hold my breath. It's a on whole <laughs> different world under there. That buddy I was telling you about earlier, it's Dylan, like he does that all over Rock fish. Springs. Like up in Wyoming, he'll really? be doing you, that you all You know, over my problem with spear fishing is I don't know if my floaties, if I can hold a spear gun with my floaties <laughs> on. <laughs> that's, the, that's my only problem. Must be if it's salt water once in my life. So I'm, I'm, really? Yeah. yeah. Like two I love salt water fishing, man. I do too. That's my next. Like I kind of got burned out on trout fishing just being in Colorado and doing it so much, and I used to guide. I don't know. 
Trout fishing's cool when it's going off. If you're, if you're if gonna there's go a hatch flash. going on, yeah, you can cast dry flies and have fun making nice drifts. It's I love that. Yeah, or like floating on a fall day, throwing streamers is a lot of fun. Well, we are taking some rabbit trails, so I'm gonna sign off for this uh, <laughs> this podcast of Inspired Wild. And as always, hey, just like these guys are talking about, find out what inspires hey, you. We weren't recording, were we? We, oh, yeah. Yes, we, we better been recording. We're only 56 <laughs> minutes in. I think we still got like another 30 in us. No, no, I like think that we should minutes. stop this podcast, and then we'll do an extended podcast of rabbit. We'll just call it rabbit, rabbit trails. Well, rabbit trails. Well, yeah. anyway, it, you know, our, the whole reason this podcast even exists is to encourage people to find out get out what they consider their wild and inspire them to embrace it and go out there and just love it. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you down the trail on Inspired Wild.